0: Middle school matters podcast number ninety one. Math, technology, and oops, gotta go. And we're we're back for the show. Uh, I'm Troy Patterson and with me as always is the effervescent Mr. Effervescence.
1: I don't know about this part of the year, but yeah, I'm Sean McCurry and I'm here. <laughs>
0: Oh, know, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that we don't even try to do like a Ustream thing.
1: No, no, because I just found another reason to postpone the show again because I just found something else interesting to look at.
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because I know know that's kind of like the the new trend is people doing video, like recording at a specific time Mm -hmm. and, you know, doing a video and having a chat room going at the same time and all that good stuff. But we don't like always start at the same time every week, so that would be a problem.
1: Being flexible is one of the benefits, I think. That's
0: right. And that just makes it seem too much like work to me.
1: Right, then it becomes another job. You know. Which, by the way, I haven't seen any of my paychecks from you. Really? Really, yes. I, I don't know who you're sending me.
0: I, I had my treasurer send all of your checks out. I mean, as far as my accounts go, you're fully paid.
1: Um <laughs> that it may be explaining why your treasurer keeps referring to us laundry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's take a, a look at a couple of jokes. All right. All right. Um, we've got, um, you know, they did some surveys on homework. Did you know yes. you've work? I did surveys on homework? you got to play along with the joke here, otherwise, this doesn't work at all. I mean, this one's kind of iffy to start with, but if you don't play along, it doesn't work at all. I found a really cool website. Good. <laughs> good. <laughs> we you you probably need it. <laughs> so, anyway, you know they've done surveys on homework. <laughs> good principles do that, yes. Homework usually takes about 90 minutes. Here's how most high school students spend those 90 minutes. Uh, The first 15 minutes searching for assignments while reading text messages. The next 11 minutes calling a friend for the assignment. (laughs) 23 minutes explaining why the teacher is mean. 8 minutes in the bathroom. Uh, 10 minutes getting a snack. 7 minutes checking and answering emails. Because we've already done the text messages. Six minutes telling parents that the teacher never explained the assignments. Mm-hmm. And ten minutes sitting at the kitchen table waiting for mom or dad to do the assignment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, note how homework time is spent. Um, You know, you know, there's a difference between mathematicians, statisticians, and accountants. Did you know that?
1: know that
0: well there is and i think that you know this this next little scenario will help illuminate that for you okay. there's a large uh corporation looking for a VP. looking for a, a vp hiring committee asked all of them the same question and i want you to decide who it is you think they're going to hire mathematician comes in first Question is how much is five hundred plus five hundred? Okay. He answered a thousand without hesitation. Mm-hmm. Okay, statistician comes in, same question. How much is five hundred plus five hundred? He answers on average a thousand with ninety-five percent confidence.
1: Hmm. He's read the newspapers. scores. Mm-hmm.
0: Next comes in the accountant, and they ask him the same question. How much is five hundred plus five hundred? He responds, how much would you like it to be? (coughs) (laughs) Who do you think they hired? (laughs) I've been doing a lot of math stuff lately, by the way. I don't know why, but I've been just doing a lot of uh, pulling together some math resources and finding some math things for um, teachers and stuff. So um, we'll share one more. It's math-related. This little boy comes home and he says, my math teacher's crazy. Mom says, why? little boy says, well, yesterday she told us that five is four plus one. Today, she's telling us that five is three plus two. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I should have had a rim shot in on some. (laughs) That would take post production.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can can tie that in with something that's happening in the Twitterverse. Excellent. Um, Carly B has uh, a great website for some fifth grade math uh, resources. And it's it's integrated or or put together by unit. And she's got six units Uh, Unit one is number theory, unit two is estimation and computation, unit three is geometry explorations. Four is division. Unit five is fractions, decimals, and percent. And unit six is fractions. Uh, some of this might filter over into some sixth-grade math classrooms, um, the, the fractions and the integers type thing. But there are lessons, uh, a whole variety of them that you just click on, and, and there are nice links to them, and um, they pop open, obviously, uh, with, a, with a complete lesson right there for you, ready to go, and it gives you something to. Uh, uh, to work with and to use it can be set up with a uh, student mentor um, it's, it's got links within those lessons to uh, help the kids see and understand the concepts better so uh, it, 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 there's a lot here um mm-hmm. you know, just got tokens, I'm sorry. I, the rest of it finally loaded and then i went to, down to the bottom half of the page so anyway, it includes exponents negative numbers which is the integers thing uh, fractions and ratios coordinates areas volume algebraic concepts volume probability and ratios so there's, and there's oh, um, seven or eight um, lessons for each unit uh, to choose from so you've got your own curriculum and you've got your you know district mandated textbook but this is being this is a nice uh, supplementary type of uh, source of, of information and, and this the center school district
0: and this is based off of Everyday Math. So, if anybody is using Everyday Math, which is a which is a whole series and a whole curriculum, um, they may find this extremely helpful.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, oops, there we go. Uh, Carly B also posted on uh, on, on Twitter that uh, the Henry Ford uh, Henry Ford Museum, Greenfield Village, the Henry Ford Foundation. Uh, is doing a Promethean giveaway contest at the Henry Ford. It's 100 days of giveaways. And if you click the link and you put in all your vital information, they will give you a, a little, it's like a scratch-off. use a, a, a digital pen and you click on a, a, a digital circle and it will digitally scratch off the circle. And if all three of your circles match, well, then you win the prize of giving away that day. Uh, it's, and it could be a Promethean uh, act of expressions
0: which are, which are really, really cool. The active expressions are um, essentially, they're, they're like polling devices. So you get a set of, um, I think they come in a set of 30, I don't remember if I bought 30 or 32 of them. Um, but they come in a case, a uh, set of 30-ish, 30 or 32, and they have a hub in there which you plug into your computer. And then you can ask kids questions and they can respond. And the active expressions are nice because um, they're very flexible. You can put in, um, uh, you know, ABCD questions. You can ask have free-range questions because they're kind of like a cell phone. Uh, they have a cell phone keypad where kids can type in um, answers. You can do multiple choice. You can do Likert scale. You can do a lot of um, a lot of cool things to do on the spot assessment with. And the kids like them. The kids really respond all well to them.
1: That's true. Um, it, it, we we're, were talking in... Do
0: you think uh, I'm making uh, things up? Well, <laughs> the other stuff I say isn't true, but this one is. <laughs> there was a loud bang just a second ago, and so my my, my was distracted. You were, you were distracted. <laughs> um,
1: which happens It's easy to distract me. Um in, I just happen to think that this disconnected with something that we were talking about in one of my classes, my my uh, video class. We got off on a tangent about you know how could the you know, city raise money or you know school raise money or mm-hmm. raising money, and I said well, it'll be really easy for the, the city to raise some money because you know, all of you are carrying cell phones in your pocket, and we were talking about the, you are talking about the Promethean Mm-hmm. active expressions having like a cell phone type keyboard which is the kids are using you know their cell phones anyway and and they're texting using the keypads the number pads anyway um but like in, in the city that my school is in it's currently the city has an ordinance against uh, minors uh, possessing cell phones not even having them on just just simple possession there's a fine for it really and, yeah they're looking at um I'm probably going to, to turn it into a persuasive um, uh, speaking type of thing. Um, one of the uh, students in my class's mother is on the city council, and we talked about it in class. He took it home and said, "That can't be." New. Talked, I don't know if he said it can't be true or not, but you know, talked about it with his mom. So his mom checked it out, and, and apparently, it's true. That there's a city ordinance against, minor, or against well, minors not against about minors containing, ah, containing, <laughs> uh, possessing um, cell phones, and so they think it's. It's time to address the issue, and they want one of the wants to get involved with addressing the issue. So we're going to turn some things around, but the, the, the Promethean uh, Active Expressions thing might be a good way to say, hey, look, you know, we, you know here's, here's how integrated cell phones have become into
0: mm-hmm.
1: teen culture.
0: So. By the way, there's three grand prizes, which include the uh, Promethean Active Expression Clickers set of 32, a field trip to Henry Fo- the Henry Ford, which includes admission to the Henry Ford Museum or Greenfield Village for thirty-five students and a hundred dollar gift card to the Henry Ford. There are twenty-second pr- there's there's twenty-second there's twenty first place prizes first prizes. It was worded odd and I was looking for a place in there and I couldn't say it because I was expecting something else. Um where you get the Henry Ford annual family member pass. There's 22nd prizes, which is four adult admissions to Holiday Nights at Greenfield Village, and That's a nice. $50 card from the uh, the Henry Ford. Um, there's 23rd place prizes, which is a Michigan apple gift basket. 24th place prizes, which is free Panera bread for one year. 25th prizes, $25 Meyer gift card.
1: Oh, very nice. Very nice. I'll take the Apple basket. I like a MacBook Pro. I would like a, <laughs> a 30-inch monitor screen.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um... Oh, Paul Allison has uh, posted something about uh, Troy Hicks and the Digital Writing Workshop piece. He's doing a three-part podcast series on digital writing. Troy Hicks uh, wrote a book on uh, the Digital Writing Workshop uh, published by Heinemann. I just picked that up, and I'm, I'm working my way through it. But it's about using digital tools to teach writing and to motivate students to do writing. And uh, it's, it's got a lot of potential in it. There's a lot of things, obviously, that you take from two-dimensional... Uh, the uh, the uh, you know, pencil and paper and can you know just translate or write straight over into digital writing but he does more than that he talks more about the you know, how should you go about doing it can you do a writer's workshop can you do conferencing with it how could you do you, know, you go out and do those things and uh, I've got more to read about it he's got some neat ideas in there and some things that I'll talk about more of that in the, the coming days but there's a link to it here for the um, a couple of the podcasts that he's done mm-hmm. uh, teachers teaching teachers I believe' is the podcast that so, but that's worth going and listening to after you've listened to ours. Uh, let's see, free technologies for uh, free, free technology for teachers. Uh, there's been some discussion around the um, educational community about uh, copyrights and fair use and, and all these things. There is a website called MuseOpen. and I was listening to it earlier. I just realized, oh, here it's here. Muse Open. And it's, uh, it's a very cool little site. It's got uh, free music, um, royalty-free. I'll uh, double-check that on, on some things because I'm looking at some of these going, mm, I'm not so sure. But it's free. You can download the music. You can embed it into your website. And you can also get the sheet music for it. So music teachers mm. looking for some, some free resources. You know, it's your district thinking about cutting back in some areas, and this might be for you. I looked up a few a few pieces. Not only do they have it by author, but they also have it by um, performer. They have it by genre. They have it by um, oh, category, you know, like uh, anthem or um, romantic or uh, easy listening, that sort of thing. Uh, you click on some of these things, and they give a background on the composer. Uh, they give you two or three choices of the same piece, for example. Uh, you can pick it by performer. The performer, performer, I'm thinking back to the, you know, the old Macs, um, hmm. format, like a sonata. Uh, you can choose by instrument. If you only want it, guitars. You can pick it by guitar or you can pick it by keyboard. or You can pick it by orchestra. Um, they have, well, you mentioned the genre, you know, by, by, by period. So um, well worth checking out. You might be able to pull some things to use in your classroom that you don't have to pay for this way. Mm-hmm. As, you, know, you don't have to pay for it. In, in royalties, or I mean in, uh, in, in RIA fees. Uh, let's see, what else we have here? Um, ClioTech is sharing her best practices in Oklahoma. That's listed as best practices is okay. Uh, there's some things there. She's on Twitter at the moment, as a matter of fact, with those teachers. Uh, it's a two or three-day conference I think she's at, and she's looking for people to kind of chat back and forth with her on that. Um, oh, uh, VT Deacon is retweeting Deborah Mercino and Russell Tarr. Uh, there are some classic stories in comic form, I think about the, the old graphic novel, uh, that are posted online for free. So you got some readers that need some support. Here are free graphic novels. Uh, the Tale of Two Cities. Um, uh, Troy Patterson writes the Great American Novel. Um, oh, let's see. All those classics. Um, oh, Long John Silver. Trevor, uh, oh, goodness gracious! Now I'm gonna have to open it up again. Um, all those great classics you remember reading when you were a kid. Um Great Expectations*, *Mutiny on the Bounty*. That, uh, that's what I was trying to think of. Um, *Christmas Carol*, *David Copperfield*, *H.G. Wells*, *The Time Machine*, *Romeo and Juliet*, *Journey to the Sin of the Earth*. Or Twist, Frankenstein, All Quiet on the Western Front, Paul Bunyan, Abraham Lincoln, quite a few of these. And you just click on it, and it opens up right inside the browser, and the student can then just click, you know, on an uh, arrow to turn the page, and you go through it, and there's a screenshot, essentially, of each individual page, and you just click through it, and, and they can read the O'Gordering learning Heisman Bronte. You can read the book as you go through there, uh, just by clicking the, there. They're completely illustrated. Uh, the text is there. Uh, it's it's like reading the book without having the book in your page or in your hand um these are the old 15 cent novels dime novels from years and years ago so all right uh what else from the twitterverse here um oh, let's see oh uh rick Wormley. speaking about books rick romley has a new book online it is metaphors and analogies and i see online because Stenhouse—I'm sorry, Stenhouse Publishers—is publishing the book. It'll be available uh, October 31st. But you can right now, uh, if you go to the Stenhouse Publishers page, click on the "Browse the Entire Book Online" section, and you can read the book. It doesn't cost anything. You just—you can read the book. You can't take a copy with you. You won't have it to, you know, put on the machine and, and make copies of things, perhaps. But you can read the entire book, and search for yourself. In this case, Todd Williamson is found to be mentioned three times within the book, and he's figured out what percentage of the royalties are due him. (laughs) (laughs) Chapters are things like uh, events uh, create ripples, and equations are balances, metaphors in every subject. Um, Familiarity breeds breeds content. Uh, Archimedes' metaphorical legacy Uh, focusing the lens on English language learners, metaphor and motion, seeing is believing listening for harmony and discordant sounds, transcending current educational metaphors. So, Rick Wormley's the book that will be out October 31st. You can actually read it now.
0: And if you wanted to see Rick Wormley, where could you go to see him?
1: Oh oh! you mean uh you would go to see him um by going to middle dot com and clicking on the links and um you might then also you know, go to
0: National <laughs> Middle School Association's <laughs> annual conference in Indianapolis, Indiana. Woo. That's right. He's gonna be doing the closing this year.
1: That's true, that's true. And we've kind of dogged on the closings, but I think this is one closing I make
0: Yeah, yeah. We've you know, it's gotten to the point where um, pretty much, you know, you can skip the closing, mm-hmm. but not the, I think the, the board listened and I think they've actually done a, a good thing. Yeah. So.
1: I'm disappointed by this one. And there's no hope for closing keen
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Garden Glen, uh, posted a call for beta testers of the new NETS draft rubric. That's the, uh, educational technology standards, uh, national education technology standards, uh, ISTE posts them for both teachers, students, and administrators. So there's a new draft rubric out there for them. Um, this is the one for nets for students, and uh, they're looking for feedback on it. This is your chance to contribute and have your voice heard. These are for uh, the sample rubric they've posted are for uh, through the end of grade eight, so this applies directly to middle schoolers. Um, you know, things like uh, sh- how should presentations, web pages, wikis, blogs, and online collaborative tools be assessed? Should those be assessed? So, this is the Nets S they're looking for feedback on. Uh,
0: let's I'm busy reading Rick's new book, so.
1: It's <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll, I'll catch up with you in a minute. Um, that and I'll wave frantically into, the, into, in, into Skype to let you know when it's your turn. Uh, this is what he does to me. Um, let's see. Oh, um,. VT Deacon posted a a lesson on using Excel in math class with a connection to Halloween. And this being October, uh, this might be a neat way to integrate both um, some technology and uh, some interest, like Halloween, into your math class. Mm -hmm. Uh, Web2L Classroom retweets Eve Julie's, uh, by the end of 2013, 70% of businesses will have behavior dress code policies for employees that have online avatars, and what made me think of that is I also saw an article this past week about school districts mandating that teachers close their Facebook accounts and online social networks. And there was a judge that ruled that that is okay.
0: Is okay? That
1: is okay. Now, I'll have to find wow. Details to post that, but that that ran across. I was going driving in the car, and, and I heard about that one on the, on the radio. Um, and I thought, holy cow, what does that do to you know free speech? And what you know, my time is my time, and I, you know, I sell you my time as an employee. And now employers are have the ability to say, mm-hmm. you can't
0: do. Yeah. Does that mean that they can then can, that would is, is uh, you're gonna have to find that for me because there's got to be some constrictions within that.
1: I don't want You're an administrator. i no way. I'm giving you that information. I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so can you imagine, you know, if you have an online presence in Second Life and you have a dress code and you can't wear or do th- – I mean, obviously, hopefully you wouldn't wear or do certain things, but you <laughs> can wear or do certain things. Um,
0: but, but it does come down to the point of, you know, it becomes to an interesting point of, you know, whose time is whose. Just because you know, if you, you're, you there's there's a morality clause for teachers, mm-hmm. you know, but um, it, it's going to be interesting to see where the bounds of those some of those things are.
1: Well, the and the the moral turpitude clause in our state that we it's on our um, teaching license is broad. It's right. Not, not narrowly defined, and so it could be anything that the district wants to interpret it as. Obviously, there's going to be a lawsuit in, in afterwards, you know just mm-hmm. narrowing down what it is. But by the same token, that's the next ten years of your life. You really want to fight the next ten years of your life over a definition of a moral two or two clause. Right. Yeah. Um our friend uh Carol Giselle made an interesting post. Did you know that this month is children's good manners month and thank you notes. Cool. Well okay and the thank you notes is part of our article. Uh, she's posted an article, Children's Good Manners Month and Thank You Notes at which We have a link to, and I had no idea that this month was supposed to be dedicated to all those things. And she's got some really cool ideas. And this this could be an advisory thing. We're mm-hmm. talking about uh, what were, you know some advisory stuff earlier. Um, let's pre-show content talk, which I should have saved for,
0: <laughs> <laughs> which doesn't belong here, Mr. McGurr. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Anyways, we it there. You'll have to give me a couple seconds. To go back and
0: you know. No, no, just go ahead. My, my finish, days. finish, finish the Twitter, Twitter verse, and then we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll go on.
1: Uh, let's see. Um, September ushered autumn and found us honoring our workforce, the Constitution, and grandparents, and that that it's Children's Goods Manners Month has gone largely unnoticed, and that's too bad. Seventy-three uh, percent of adults said Americans treated. Uh, Treated one another with greater respect in the past, and we'd have to do a better job of taking care of it now. So, she's got some. Uh, she's got four ideas. Uh, children can create their own cards, doing thank you notes, even if it's like dinner.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, uh, you know, the bread and butter notes. Um, have youngsters sign their name to things uh, when they're able to write the notes themselves. Help them proof it, and let them decorate the cards and they may turn it into an event. Uh, ideas like um, dinner is great I'm just crazy about the lasagna or your' cooking is the best thanks so much for having me of course if they're your kid you'd expect that they would be had <laughs> um, but write notes for even little things um, post a there's a there's a connection there to career oh careerbuilder.com found that the hiring most hiring managers expect to receive a thank you note after an interview uh, i will I will say this when I was first interviewing for my uh, teaching position starting out in my career. I had a whole bunch of interviews, but the one administrator that impressed me the most was the one I didn't get the job. I made it to a second interview, but he wrote me a thank you note saying, thank you so much for your time and coming mm-hmm. in and, and interviewing with us. And, and I had a lot of respect for that guy, even though I didn't work for him and didn't end up working for him. Um, but I had a lot of respect for that guy. And, you know, when you, when you see in professional context, when you see them in, in other places, conferences or, uh, county wide, um, in services, that sort of thing, you know, I think mean, that makes a big difference and establishes a connection and it's good cool. stuff. All right. Um, have you seen the pencil metaphor?
0: The pencil metaphor. No, I haven't.
1: The pencil metaphor. I and mean, I'm imagining that this could actually be used for more than just what um, um, Lou Sameda has posted on her uh, website called Leading a Digital School. It's a NING, so you need a NING account in order to see it. But she's posted a, a graphic of a pencil, and she says that different parts of the pencil can be used to apply to talk about uh, technology and using it in schools and classrooms. So, so let's see which one you are. I have a pretty good idea which one you think you are, but I'll, I'll go through the pencil, and then you can tell me which one you think, where you, where you think you fit in. Okay. All right. So there's the, there's the eraser, and the erasers are people who endeavor to undo everything if not all the work done by the leaders, okay? There's the feral. These people hang on very tightly to what they know and keep a strong grip on their traditional methods and practices, and there's no place for technology in their classroom. They know what they know when they're going they to they, they, they do, they do what
0: they know. Okay.
1: There's the, the wooden shaft, okay?
0: <laughs> yeah. I work in middle school. I, I'm going to laugh at that one. <laughs> there's the wood. <laughs> Of course that's no better <laughs> I'm, well, I work in middle school I'm going to laugh at that one
1: <laughs> <laughs> These are the people who would Use technology if somebody would Just give them the gear to set it up And train them and keep it running All they need is help uh, from a sharp person And they would be doing it too Okay um, Hangers on These are the people right at the end of the feral I forgot these people They know all the right lingo They attend the seminars But they just don't do anything know it but they, they, they never use it all right so let's move uh, to the opposite end of the uh, the pencil here and you get the the, the part between the, the lead and the wood it's, it's called the sharp and the, these are the sharp ones these are people who see what the early adopters have done willingly grab the best of it learn from the mistakes of others and do great stuff with their students and then there's the leaders which they've emphasized the lead part that's the, the pointy part of the pencil these people are first take on technology, the early adopters who usually document and enthusiastically share what they have tried, warts and all. Hmm. So the pencil metaphor is adapted from teachers.ash.org.au for Australia, Lindy, pencil, pencil.htm. And we'll put a link to it in the uh, in the show notes. But it might be an interesting conversation piece. You know.
0: I, I would think it is.
1: All right, uh, we'll wrap this up here with, um, have you seen the Swedish stairs? You, you've heard of the Spanish steps?
0: Uh, unfortunately, you know, while you were talking, <laughs> I was watching it. <laughs> <laughs> That's where he was.
1: <laughs> um, Volkswagen has, uh, well, you remember uh, the movie Big, where in the, uh, yes. the uh, toy uh, shop scene, they guy on the giant keyboard and they play chopsticks. Same idea. Except this is steps going up and down an escalator steps. If you make the steps fun, will people use steps instead of using the escalator? And according to them, it made a 66 percent improvement, or 66 percent of people chose the the steps as opposed to the escalator. What they did was they took in the they put sensors under the steps, and as you stepped on the steps, you were actually walking up or down a piano, and then you could of course you know hop up and down and play notes and get multiple people, and you could put together a small stepping piece.
0: Yes. You just have to wonder, um, how does it, how does it sound? Because the music that they're playing in the background is not the music that's coming off those stairs. I mean, on occasion no. you can hear it, but.
1: And you see every now and then two or three people get together. Yeah. The little thing, but mostly it's just scales. It's, you know, kind of yeah. of running up a scale and, running and down, down a scale. scale. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's more like, um,
0: it the is interesting be, though.
1: They get a chance to interact and they make noise. It's just different. That's all.
0: hmm
1: Yeah. And it's, it's lacking that one component to turn into something that could be hugely creative. Um, and I think that's just coordination because people are using steps to get places, not because they, you know, they're there for the step, the step entertainment. Um, good advice for school leaders. Decisions you can live with. And that was from the National Association of Secondary School Principals. Um, <laughs> talking about what it means to be a principal um, and, and taking care of yourself, but then there were, there were five um, principles of ethics that I thought were were key in this. There's, I mean, there's a whole bunch here, but I thought there were five principles that I wanted to key on just from this, this post. Um, there are five principles of ethics for principles. So principles, principles. One is respecting autonomy. Uh, the second one is doing no harm or non-maleficence. Uh, They create environments that are are free from harm to others. Um, Benefiting others, beneficence. They promote the interests of the school, the personal interests, and self-gain. Number four, being just or justice, ethical uh, ethical people. Ethical principles treat people fairly and equally. And being faithful or fidelity. Um, Building, being faithful is is building relationships on uh, trust and building relationships with with staff. Mm -hmm. Will not, I won't elaborate too much here, but there, and there's a lot here at this at this one site. Um, but if you're interested in that sort of thing, it's worth checking out. How they've taken basically it's Aristotle's I think uh, ethical principles, but they've applied it to principles.
0: Yeah, and in, and this is from NASAP, NASSP, National Association of uh, secondary school principals, and one of the neat things is one of the things that I like a lot is that they've added a printable PDF with it, so you can click on the printable PDF and it makes it very colorful and it adds some graphics and and that, which I think is very smart. So. All right. And if people wanted to be smart themselves and to drop us a note, where would they do that?
1: Oh, they should send us an email at middleschooleducators at gmail.com. That's middleschooleducators at gmail.com. They could also post a post or response to our podcast by going to middleschoolmatters.com and posting there. They could find us at uh, MS Matters on Twitter. They could find both of us on Facebook. And um, we'd love to hear back from folks.
0: Absolutely. All right, well, on our mind this week is a little bit of technology, um, which is uh, which is not surprising, I guess. It's kind of a recurrent theme. And um, you brought up a little bit about some of the technology earlier on. And we also have um, a news article about netbooks and whether netbooks are the right choice for kids to take a look at um, And, um, then there's also something called Project Red, which kind of came across our screens this week. And, um, I don't know if you had a chance to take a look at the Project Red stuff or not. I did Um, just
1: a little bit. I'm not as familiar with it as
0: as you are. I'm not not real familiar with it, though. Coming across it, it's, it's about integrating technology. Yeah, and and what they're looking at, and the the key for me is, you know, they said that they're a uh, national research and advocacy plan because uh, they believe that there's a need to revolutionize the U.S. the way the U.S. looks at technology as part of teaching and learning. Um, and they go on and they say that they believe that technology will transform learning just as it just as it has transformed homes and offices in almost every other segment of our society. And that's one of those big questions that I think that I'm I'm looking at and trying to kinda get a grasp of too and I need to ask some people who are smarter than I am what they think that it's going to look like when, you know, in five, ten, twenty years. Because I think education is going to look different. I think it's going to function differently, but um, you know, in figuring out how we're going to get there. So um, I, I think that is, uh, would be a really rich discussion and something we're going to have to hit on our PLN to try to maybe bring together a conversation of people to say, okay, how, how does education look different? We have technology coming in. How are we, how are we looking at that?
1: You, you mentioned netbooks, and, and part of my PLN is a netbook news feed on, on, on Twitter. Um, and uh, something that's hit there and, and, and been a discussion is: Do you think netbooks are the way to go? I mean, it fits mm-hmm. the project right here a little bit, but netbooks are not full-fledged. I mean, they don't have a drive. They've, well, they've got, got everything is basically a drive.
0: Well, they've, they they do have a drive with them. Obviously. They don't have an optical drive. That's true. Right. And yeah, most of them, have, I don't know if any of them has an optical drive. But they've also got some other things. They're also a lot smaller. They have a much less processing power. Um, And they're not quite as cheap as everybody thinks they are when you start getting into school requirements. So um, there's an article from eSchool News while we're we're at it that we can take a quick look at. And this is by John Bauer. It says, low cost or learning tool? Netbooks are all the rage, but they don't really meet the needs of today's students. And I think the key here is that people need to define what they want to do with them. For the vast majority of teachers at this point, what, they, what they're going to do with a laptop is going to be web browsing and word processing. If you want kids to write papers, netbooks are fine. If you want kids to do... Um, web browsing, for the most part, netbooks are fine. Um, and and this, is, this is my understanding at this point. We'll find out once I get some into my building and <laughs> we find out how they work out. Um, but there are a lot of things that they also won't do. Um, you know, I have a teacher that uses um, um, Google uh, SketchUp quite a bit. And um, one of the things that it, that you're not going to be able to do is you're not going to be able to run a program like Google SketchUp on it on a, on a uh, on a netbook. You need a full-size laptop in order to do that. Um, and um, there's some other things that um, some of our intervention software that we use is uh, you're going to need a full-size laptop for it. You're not going to be able to get away with using a netbook for those. But I do think that they can be a step in the right direction. I think that they can be a step to getting more computers in more teachers' hands. And then they're going to – so that the next thing the, – the next step that we get to, hopefully very quickly, is that they complain to me that they can't do the kind of creation that they want the kids to do with the computers you know when they come to me and say you know these i these won't run audacity and my kids are making podcasts <laughs> well that's a good that's a that's a good problem to have as far as i'm concerned you know that teachers would be out there pushing kids to make creations kids to be doing things putting kids in charge of learning um but we're not going to get there just without baby steps and i think the netbooks can be a step in that direction um so uh, you know, one of the one of the things that he says in the um, article is that um, he argues what's the most important skill after reading a numeracy that children learn in elementary school. I would argue that it is basic typing. I don't know how many kids learn to type in elementary school, but okay. Once they can do math and use a keyboard, students can access the entire world of content and communicate with their teachers and peers online. Yet, what is the fundamental limitation of netbooks? It's hard to type on them. Well, the netbooks that we're looking at bringing in have 92% full-size keyboard, so it's it seems a little bit awkward for me to type on it. Um, just for a little bit of time that I spent, it was it was manageable, but I could definitely tell it, you know, it it wasn't as comfortable for me but the kids were just as happy as anything because they have smaller hands (laughs) you know their hands are 92% of my (laughs) size of my hands, so (laughs) it works (laughs) Um, and then he also talks about the power issue in the power issue I'll kind of agree with him in the sense of video being important but again we got to take baby steps with this. Most teachers, the majority of teachers, probably, maybe not the teachers who are listening to to us, but the majority of teachers I think are going to start with word processing and web browsing. And uh, you know, a lot of videos blocked still in districts, so I don't know how much you know access they're going to have to get through there anyway. Um, so you can head over to eSchool News and check that out, and we have a link on the on the post there, but the bigger issue that's, um, that's kind of thematic is the whole idea of technology and how are we using technology and how is it going to be implemented into schools. Um, you know, I've said for a while that the major missing piece for for my building, for my kids, is that last mile kind of thing, is the computer in front of the kid and hopefully we'll we'll be addressing that over the next few years so that that hopefully won't be as much of an issue but once kids have that how does educate how does the instruction change is going to be the big question so you know that's a question that will need to be answered and not only in my building because you know there's there's it's not like my building is an island unto itself it, across all of Education. How is how is technology going to change when um, kids are either allowed to use the things that they're bringing with them, or we're providing them with things that look a little different? So you've added a couple links since we've been talking. So
1: yeah, I mean, talking about it, you're uh, talking about that made me think of a couple things. I'm tired over tangled. Uh, netbook news on Twitter. will talk about netbooks and keep you posted on on the types of netbooks that are being made. One of the things that drives me nuts about my Dell Mini, Dell Mini 9 is the keyboard. I hate the keyboard. I love the computer because I turned it into a Mac. I hate the keyboard. <laughs> um, Larry Allison has had an interesting take on cloud computing. And, of course, we think cloud computing, we think netbooks. And um, he oh. rips on it pretty good. He does not like it. Uh, thinks, of course, everything has been, I guess, been, oh yeah, ben, um cloud computing. But um, he, his his idea or his take on it, and where he thinks it's going to go, he thinks it's not a good idea. Um, but that's that's a debate for another day.
0: Yeah. Um. All right. Well, uh, we I, I have a busy day today, so <laughs> we're gonna we may be cutting it short, uh, the show short just a little bit this week. Um. Um. But the whole technology issue is something that I think there's not a single answer to it. Something we can solve in five minutes, anyway. Um, we're going to add some technology. We're going to add some advisory articles onto the website. Um, uh, there's a middle school advisory 101 website that um, came across our desk this week, which people can check out. There's some some good things there. There's also a lot of links to things you can buy. So if you're looking for some books and advisory, there's some good resources there, um, and there was some free stuff as well. Um, and, uh, you know, middle school, uh, the advisory stuff is one of those things that just kind of keeps coming back, um, and I think people are interested in, and it's something that I think we could do a lot better with, but this you might find is, uh, is pretty interesting, um. They, there's a, there was a few. Um, I, I like the the. It's from October fourth, um, but it says one word answers do not create conversations, and there's some question starters there for um, how it is you can create conversations. Um, so I would I would check that out, and it, one of the things is based off of Twitter as well, so. So go and check that out and uh, swing by the website and drop us a note. And um, we will talk to you next week um, and keep the conversation going through the website. Drop us an email, head over to iTunes and put a review. It's been a little while since we had a review there, so we'd appreciate that. Um, And with that, uh, until next week, this is Middle School Matters for middle school educators who care.